Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from December 26th by Brother Butch Strickland, titled, An Unchanging Gospel. I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but I uh, have noticed so many changes take place in my life and the life of my family over the last two or three years. And uh, some of those changes have been agreeable, some of them not so much. Um, the world does change. It just seems like it's changing too fast nowadays. <laughs> and uh, even, even, even Christmas was not like it used to be. You know? And I know you're saying, yeah, but that's Butcher 70 years old. What'd you expect? <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to notice those kind of things, and you're going to look back at all those other things the way they used to be and see that there's been changes taking place and that kind of thing. But, you know, that, that's, that's true. All that's true. But the fact is that we, we live in a world that is rapidly, rapidly changing. And uh, I could name a bunch of stuff uh, that, that, that we notice every single day that it's not like it used to be. And, um, but I don't want to, fo- I don't want to focus on the things that are changing. I want us to focus this morning on the, on one thing that will never change. Okay. And we're going to do that looking at Acts chapter two, beginning with verse 22. And, um, we're going to look at an unchanging gospel. Acts chapter two, beginning with verse 22 it says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, and will not, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life, and will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here with us today. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. We have received, or he has received the promise uh, from the Father of the Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Let's pray again. 
Father, thank you so much for for the chance to be with this group of people that I've grown to love through the years. And and, uh, thank you, God, that occasionally I get to come back and, and visit with them and share with them what you've laid on my heart. And uh, today seems like uh, uh, Lord, it just uh, I don't know how to express what I want to say right now, God. It just seems like it's opportune for me anyway to be here with these folks. Thank you for the encouragement that they always are. And thank you, God, that you can use that encouragement in, in, amongst themselves too, God. I just pray that today we uh, would hear a word from you. And Lord, you know that I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would prepare our hearts to, to receive what you have to share with us. God, uh, we love you. And we want more than anything else to experience your presence with us here today. And we pray that not because we are coming before you in our own merits, but Lord, we come to you in the merits of Christ. Amen. The unchanging gospel. When everything else seems to be changing, it stays the same. And the unchanging gospel is based, first of all, look at verse 23 with me. This man was, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. The, unga- the unchanging gospel is based on an eternal truth. Do you think it surprised God? Think any of this surprised God? Uh, the Bible says, he's just got through reading, that God was acting according to his deliberate plan and foreknowledge. None of this was a, was was a surprise to him. None of the death of Jesus, none of the death of his son, none of the giving his son, none of the resurrection. That was all. That was all a part of his plan from way before time. It was not a surprise to him. He knew what was going to happen. Um, he uh, he knew even that there were going to be those who doubted. Uh, the resurrection. He knew that there were going to be those who doubted that Jesus was the Son of God. We read about all those things that the people uh, uh, said about how this can't be true. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But the fact is, none of this was a surprise to God. It was always from the beginning, according to his plan, according to his foreknowledge. And I, I, I like to think that that the gospel based on something that is so that God is so aware of that I don't have to worry and fret about all of the changes that are going on in our world today, but that I can depend on the, the fact that God always knew and it was always a part of his plan and of his foreknowledge. Um But that's not all. There's more to say about this unchanging gospel. And the one thing I want us to look at in this passage again in verse 23, the last part of verse 23, and with the help of wicked men, 
put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep his hold on him. The unchanging gospel is based not only on an eternal truth, but on a historic fact, an historic fact. Um, in 1998, there was a full solar eclipse that passed through the country in which we were living at that time. Uh, matter of fact, it passed right over our city. And uh, the uh, Baptist Association had a, an office in a building right downtown Maracaibo, Venezuela. And um, we had our medical clinic there and we had our offices there. And, and it, the, the roof of that building was the parking lot for that, that uh, complex. And so we took advantage of the fact that uh, we could get up on top of the roof and, and watch that solar eclipse take place. Uh, I had a tripod and my camera and a, and, a, and a telescopic lens and all of the filters I had to have because if you look at the sun, it's not good for you to do it without those filters. <laughs> and so we, I had different ones that I used as it got darker and darker and darker and the, sun, and the moon began to cover the, the sun. And because of that, uh, everybody, who el everybody else who was on top of that building that day looking at the solar eclipse thought I was some scientist from the United States here to do a study on the, on the solar eclipse. But I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm just like you guys. I'm here just fascinated by what's happening. But I, uh, I want to use that experience as an illustration of what I want to say about this, uh, about uh, what is happening with all the changes in our world and how darkness seems to be overcoming the light. Okay, um, we just got through reading about those who, uh, when they spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that, uh, that they didn't believe it. They, uh, they denied the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. There are theologians nowadays who are doing what they call demythologizing uh, the, the scriptures and they're eliminating anything that had to do with the miraculous. And the very last thing that they eliminated was the resurrection of Jesus. And the moon crept over the light of the sun. Um, in our day, in, 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 in our age, in our era, in our country, in our society, there is an, a tendency to think that my truth is just as important as yours. That truth has become subjective. And the moon crept a little farther, blocking a little bit more of the sun. Darkness trying to overcome the light. We have idols, every sort of idol that you can think of. Idols of movie stars and athletes or politicians or whatever you want to, to, to choose it, to put in that particular category. We have so many of them in our culture nowadays and they're proliferating they're, uh, exponentially, it seems to me like. 
and the moon creeps a little bit for, farther, blocking the light of the sun. Then there are preachers who think it's more important to have an airplane and a hangar and a, and a, uh, and a mansion than it is to preach the gospel of truth. Um, and the moon creeps a little bit farther, blocking a little bit more of the, of the light of the sun. When Christianity has become a come-hither religion instead of a go-yonder mission. Did you get that? When Christianity has become more of a come-hither religion instead of a go-yonder mission, the moon blocks a little bit more of the light of the sun until finally... It centers itself to block the sun completely in that eclipse. But you know what happened when that happened? The day that I saw it, I got a picture of it. What happened was uh, the sun, the moon centered over the center of the sun. And what happened was it didn't get dark. What happened was the sun shone around the moon in what they call a corona. And I think to myself, nice try, moon. Didn't quite pull it off, did you? You've just made him king. That's all you did. Because the darkness will not overtake the light. And not only did it form the corona to crown him as, as, as the light of the world, but it also moved a little bit more. And the sun suddenly began to shine through the gap of some mountains on the moon. And it formed a diamond ring. That's what they call it. And I think to myself, in an era when come-hither religion has been has substituted for that go-yonder mission, uh, God still loves his church. He still loves his bride. And he still places a golden or a, a, a diamond ring on his, on his finger. The gospel is a, is a, is a historic fact. And in spite of every effort there, that, that there is to try to block out that truth of the gospel, it still remains. He's still the king and he's still the bride's husband. It's, it's, it's a fact, you guys. Jesus really did come. It's a fact, you guys, that Jesus really did die. He was really crucified, and he really raised from the dead. In spite of every effort of darkness to hide that, it never changes. It's a historical fact. It is an unchanging gospel based on eternal truth and historic fact. Let's read in verse 32. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. We are all witnesses of it. The unchanging gospel is based on a present experience. 
when this sermon was being preached, there were people there who knew about the resurrection of Jesus. And we've been there, and we've seen it, and we know that it's true, because this same Jesus who was raised up physically from that tomb there in Jerusalem has been raised and lives in our hearts today. You know, I don't know why you're here today. Um, there's a couple of reasons why most people come to church on Sunday. Most of what I hear is that I've just, I'm, I'm just spent, <laughs> and they, that's the way they kind of say it, I'm just spent, <laughs> you know, and so I just need, I come to church on Sunday just to get my batteries recharged or to get my tank full, filled again. And you know, that's a legitimate reason. Uh, that, that's true of us a lot of times, isn't it? We come to church and we're spent. We're, we're, we've, we've endured just about all we can endure. Our tank is empty. Our batteries are dead. And we come to church to get, a, get, uh, to get help and have our tanks filled and our battery charged again. Um, but there's another reason why some of you are here today. God has used you this past week in ways that you never believed he could before. Uh, you got to witness to some people you never think, thought you'd ever be able to witness to. You got to minister to some people that you never believed you could minister to. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy this past week, the church where I've been attending lately, trying to help them as they go through the process of finding a pastor. Uh, they decided that, you know, uh, half a mile from their, the, their, their parsonage and their offices, um, uh, there's an EMS uh, station. And so I went by, can we furnish... Christmas dinner for you guys. Oh, that would be wonderful, the guy whose name was Mike said. I said, oh, great. Then we'll, we'll show up here uh, Friday, let's see, Thursday with a meal for all the EMTs. All right, that sounds great. Well, uh, on Friday morning, it was Friday that we did it. On Friday morning, I called Mike, and Mike wasn't there. So I talked to his secretary, Mary. And I said, Mary, uh, we arranged with Mike that we could bring a uh, a, a meal for the, the EMTs and just let you know. And she says, you did? I said, yeah, so we'll be there about noon. Oh, oh, well, okay. And uh, she didn't know anything about it. Well, the reason she didn't know anything about it because she wasn't at Station 51. She was at some other station uh, where Mike is the boss. So we show up at, at, at Station 51, and <laughs> the, the guy who's there, his name is not Mike, it's Justin, and he don't have any idea that we're supposed to be there with a bunch of food. <laughs> but we showed up with a lot of, and they were very, very, very grateful and thankful. And it was a, a great experience and, and they all enjoyed it and so did we. But what's interesting is about that is that it kind of was as an illustration of, uh, of one of those occasions where we show up and there's no reason for us to be there until we explain to them, oh, okay, that, that's what's going on. Why are you here today? Which reason? Are you empty and just need to be filled? Or are you filled and just want to, sh to worship and, and praise the Lord and glorify him? I'm going to tell you a sad story. Uh, I, uh, I went, there was a church that had a young pastor who was doing a terrific job. He's a good preacher. I've actually heard him preach on a couple of occasions, and he was doing a great job. 
And uh, a lot of young uh, couples and families were joining his church. But that was too much for all of the folks who had been there for a long time and were a little elderly. And um, they ran him off. In spite of all the good things that he was doing, they decided it was time for him to leave. I got to fill in the preaching there in the pulpit one day, not too long after the pastor had left. And after it was over with, this lady with an attitude comes up to me and he, she says, I want you to know that it was so good to hear the word of God this morning. It's been so long since we heard the word of God around here. I'm so happy that you preached the word of God to us. And she just went on. I must just say, she must have said word of God 15 times in that small conversation. And just chewing out the other pastor because he didn't preach the word of God, but she was doing it through me. And, and, uh, and finally, after she went through her diatribe, I, 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 I very politely and very with as all the respect that I could express said, you know, sister, I've been doing this for a long, long time. And I've discovered something through the years that if you hear a word from God in, in church on Sunday morning, it has a whole lot more to do with your heart than it does with my tongue. She didn't like it much, as you can imagine. And I hadn't been back to preach there. I hadn't been invited back to preach there. I guess I don't preach the word of God either. <laughs> but uh, the fact is, you guys, when we come to church on Sunday morning, our gospel can be every Sunday morning a brand new and worshipful and present experience. Yeah. It can happen right now. That's the way the gospel is. It's an unchanging gospel. And it's based on that present experience of us experiencing the presence of God and the, hearing the voice of God uh, as, as he speaks to us. It doesn't have anything to do with my tongue. It has more to do with your heart. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to do my very best to say what God wants me to say. But the fact is, you know, it may not be me that says what you need to hear today. It could have been your Sunday school teacher this morning. It could have been one of the songs that we sang today. It could be something, it could be nothing more than, than a smile and a good morning from a sister or a brother that you love. I had the weirdest experience. <laughs> Uh, the last time I went to visit our family down in the lower 48. On the way back, we were getting on an airplane, and uh, the line getting on the plane was kind of slow, and I was kind of stuck right at the first seats of the first-class people. And I was just kind of looking around, like I always do, and I caught the eye of a lady who was staring at me right in the face. And I'm going... And that's about all the, it's a smile and kind of forgot about it. And uh, but the line wasn't moving, so I kept looking and looked back, and she was still staring at me. Um, so I smiled, you know, and nodded my head and waited and waited. And I don't know what the holdup was, but it wasn't 
a few minutes of my eyes got back to this lady and she was staring at me again, still, I should say. But then the line started moving. And as I walked by her, I said, I hope you have a good trip. And went and took my chair, took my seat. Uh, when everybody was seated pretty well, this lady leaves first class, runs back to our aisle, hands me a bag of very expensive chocolates. And she says, you don't know what it meant for me to hear you say what you said today. And went and sat down. Have you ever had an experience like that on an airplane? The, by the way, the chocolates were delicious. I didn't even share them with Pam. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys, it's amazing what a smile and a hello and a good morning and a love you can mean to the people that you're sitting in the pews with today. It may just fill their tank and charge their battery. I don't know why you're here. You do. But the gospel can be a very real and powerful and present experience in your life today. And finally, um, in, all, in verse 35, it says, Until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord said to David, The Lord said to my Lord, David says, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. It hadn't happened yet, but it's going to, as long as you sit here on my right hand. It hadn't happened yet, but it's going to. Jesus is coming, you guys. Can I get an amen? It hadn't happened yet, but it's going to. And even if it, if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, it doesn't negate the fact that Jesus is coming. The gospel is a future hope. It's based on a future hope as well. The hope of his coming. The unchanging gospel. Based on an eternal truth. That before any of this even existed, God had a plan. And nothing surprises him. The unchanging gospel is based on a historic fact. It's not myth. It's a reality that Jesus came, was crucified, was buried, and was raised from the dead. And it doesn't matter what darkness is trying to hide the truth of, 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 of Jesus' coming. It just turns it into a crown and makes him king. And the gospel is unchanging gospel, is is based on a present experience as we every day, uh, every time we come together, experience his presence in our life. And finally, the gospel is an unchanging gospel and it's based on a hope of Jesus' return. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell you this story and with that I'll, I'll end. I was in a, a prayer meeting a few years ago now, the, the State Evangelism Conference had a speaker whose, whose ministry it was to go around the United States encouraging people to pray and to pray for revival. And as a result of that encouragement on his part, there were several uh, prayer meetings that were held all around the state of Alaska. 
I attended several of those. And one of those that I attended was in Juneau. And there was a black man there that day that prayed the perfect prayer that had something to do with the return of Jesus. Here's what he prayed. He said, Lord, I want to be like those first century Christians. I want to be like them in the sense that I anticipate you being present every time we get together. I want that to happen with, with me. I, I want to be like those first century Christians that we read about in the book of, of, of Revelation that said, uh, even so, come, Lord Jesus. And I want to say that, Lord, even so, come, Lord Jesus. But not yet. I have a cousin who still doesn't know you as Savior. Jesus is coming. He's coming again, and that's the truth of the gospel. Jesus is coming. That's the truth of the gospel. That's our future hope. But let's don't be a come-hither religion. Let's be a go-yonder mission. Let's find that cousin. Let's find that other family member. Let's find that neighbor. Let's find that someone who doesn't know Jesus and share the everlasting and unchanging gospel with them. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.